because we need to keep the appearance of our clinic up. Because it's very easy when you go into a place all the time, your place of work. Similarly, if you go in, you know, when you're at home all the time, you don't notice clutter, a little bit of mess, a little bit where things are getting a bit faded or jaded or not looking as shiny. It's really super important that you stay on top of this stuff because people who come into your clinic for the first time, so your new patients or people who haven't been to your clinic for a while, will walk in and go, oh, we don't want them going, oh, we want them to go, wow, this looks good. We don't want them walking going, oh, it's a bit tired. That, that, bit, that bit of wall that was still broken and a bit unpainted is still a bit unbroken and unpainted. And there's all this mess lying around. And, and it's not even often a conscious thing. People will think it's subconsciously. Hi and welcome to the Practice Builders podcast with me, Rosie Piercy. I'm a chiropractor, clinic director and practice builder. In every episode, I'm going to bring you the hints, tips and lessons I've learned in building my successful clinic to help you build the practice of your dreams. Hello and welcome to the Practice Builders podcast. How are you today? So, today, following on from last um, fortnight's episode on communication with Chris Chippendale um, in the Cost of Living Crisis, I'm going to go through the business side of the clinic in the Cost of um, Living Crisis. So we're going to talk through what you can do to kind of keep yourself focused and stop yourself getting sucked into the drama that's going on at the moment. Like, Because the world is like crazy particularly the uk like the the damage that two people um the prime minister and the chancellor have done in such a short amount of time is almost impressive but we don't want to think about that we want to just be thinking about what we're doing in our clinics um you may have heard me before talking about sphere of control you know what you can control which is your thoughts your feelings your actions and in terms of clinic your clinic budget and what you do in your clinic and so I think in times of crisis, like when we had with the COVID pandemic and, and with the cost of living crisis now, it's important to kind of keep your focus on what you can control and what you can look after and not think about anything else. So for instance, for longer than I care to think about, I have started my day by making breakfast and listening to Radio 4. It's been quite a nice way to start the day. And I've just stopped doing it now because I don't want to hear what's going on because there's nothing I can do about it. So I've just stopped and I'm either talking to my children, gasp, or I'm, you know, listening to something like an, an audio book or something. So it's like a nicer start to the day. So I think things, finding ways to like control your mind and make it feel a bit happier is a, is a nice way to do things. But if we're going to think about business, we're going to think about your clinics and we're looking at the business side of clinics and so not communication, not patients, not what you do in the treatment room, but what you do when you've got your business hat on. So if you have a business hat, put it on now, because that's what we're going to be talking about. So first of all, we're going to be talking about money. Now, I know this can be a sensitive subject. We don't like to talk about money, but we are going to talk about that now. We're going to talk about your clinic's magic number. So for those of you who may have heard me talk on this before, this isn't how many patients you see a week. It's not how many time people come back for treatment. It's how much it costs to run your clinic or run your practice. And you should know it. You should be able to say it in your head or if you're not in a public place, say it out loud now and you should know how much it costs on average to run your clinic every month. If you don't know that, you need to go and find out. Um, I'm going to put in the show notes the link to um, a kind of double freebie that I have, which is a workbook on how to work out your magic number and a, a cost of living playlist, which I'll talk about more later. But if you don't know how to do that, then pause me. Go and get that freebie and start working out your clinic's magic number. 
if you don't know how much it costs to run your clinic, you don't know what's going on in your business. And although we often don't like to think ourselves as business owners, we like to think ourselves more as clinicians, we do need to know what's going on in our business. So if you don't know how much it costs to run your clinic, you don't know if you're in profit or loss. There's no point counting up how many patients you've seen and working out your income if you don't know what your outgoings are. And if you don't know what your outgoings are, you don't know if you need to be cutting back or perhaps if you can go and spend a little money on that gadget that you want or give yourself a pay rise or have a lovely holiday somewhere or they give bonuses to your staff or something. So you need to find that out. It's super important. And also because I think that any business making decision that you make needs to always come back to the answer of are you in profit or loss? Do you have money to play with or not? Because you can't decide whether you're going to get a gadget, whether you're going to get an associate, whether you're going to spend on ads. You can't decide any of that if you don't know how much it costs to run your clinic and you don't know if you're in profit or loss. So it's super basic, but it's really important. So if you're there going, I think it costs about this much to run my clinic six months ago, then you need to go and find it out. So at the moment, we're doing this monthly because costs of everything are changing so much. So at the moment, I'd be doing this monthly. Um, previously, we've done it quarterly, but since the world is crazy, we're going monthly on this at the moment. So even if you knew what it cost to run your clinic two months ago, I would check again this month so you know and there's no surprises. So that's the first thing that I want you to do. So that's the money bit. Now we're going to talk about more about in-clinic stuff. So the first thing, and I want you to think, for those of you who are old enough to remember this, I want you to think of Hyacinth Bouquet in Keeping Up Appearances. That's what I always have come to my mind when I think about this, because we need to keep the appearance of our clinic up. Because it's very easy when you go into a place all the time, your place of work. Similarly, if you go in, you know, when you're at home all the time, you don't notice clutter a little bit of mess, a little bit where things are getting a bit faded or jaded or not looking as shiny, it's really super important that you stay on top of this stuff because people who come into your clinic for the first time, so your new patients or people who haven't been to your clinic for a while, will walk in and go, oh, we don't want them going, oh, we want them going, wow, this looks good. We don't want them walking going, oh, it's a bit tired. That, that, thick, that bit of wall that was still broken and a bit unpainted is still a bit unbroken and unpainted and there's all this mess lying around and, and it's not even often a conscious thing. People will think it's subconsciously. So for instance, I took my kids to the dentist, um, NHS dentist. Their dentist, the dentist is very good, but their waiting room is shocking and I'm sure it's because the NHS have got no money to spend on decor at the moment, but it's, you know, the walls are awful, there's posters half hanging off, the skirting board looks a mess, the flooring's chipped. It's just a dull, sad, miserable place to sit in. And it just reeks of underinvestment and and just not good, not high-class medical reception area. Now, it's NHS. They're not, you know, they don't need to appeal to anyone. They've got more patients than they can shake a stick at. But if I'd walked into that waiting room as a private patient, I would have been like, this is not good. Something's going wrong here. This business is going under because there's no way a private clinic would let their waiting room get to that state ever because people will judge you on how your clinic looks. That's for keeping up appearances. If your clinic is messy and a bit cluttered and a bit untidy, then they will think that they may think subconsciously, is their treatment going to be untidy? If this is how they have, you know, untidy, that's a silly word. Is their treatment going to be good? If this is how they state they let their clinic in, what's their, you know, what's their kind of brain like when they're working? Are they going to be competent or not? And that might seem like quite a leap, but you watch if you go into a restaurant and you don't like the toilets, or if you walk into anywhere and it looks a bit tired, what's your thoughts? Because patients will have that same thought about your clinic. 
So it's so worth going around, decluttering. You know, I am a kind of real stickler for walking around clinic when I get in and making sure the rooms look tidy and presentable. And if people have left stuff in there, then it gets taken out and put in the staff room because it has to look tidy. I don't like people shoving things, under things, over things. You know, you know, I don't want cupboards piled high with stuff on top. It looks like there's not enough storage space. It does not look good. I'm quite OCD about that kind of thing because my clinic must always look clean, beautiful and presentable. And I think everyone's clinic should look like that. And you know, my, my clinic is, is in a grade two listed barn. It's, it's styled like a shabby chic um, boutique hotel. Not everyone's clinics will look like that. I imagine not many people's clinics look like that. And that's okay. Your clinic doesn't need to look like that. But whatever style you've chosen for your clinic, it must look clean, tidy, presentable at all times. It's often difficult to spot this in your own clinic. So often, a good way of doing it is either getting a trusted friend around who won't just say nice things to you, who will tell you how it is, or if you can't do that, take photos, because sometimes it's more obvious to see the clutter in a photo than it is, or the sort of untidiness or the bits that look tired in a photo than it is in real life when you're used to seeing it all the time. So be a bit higher some bouquet and keep up appearances in your clinic. The next thing I want to talk about is more of a kind of marketing side, the things that you can do to keep your clinic busy. Now, we all know that I like to talk a little bit of marketing. Um, and I'm going to go on about my free essentials, which you, if you've listened to the podcast before, you'll know that I've done talked about this before. But it is so important because I think it's it's so easy to get sucked into the whole, I'll do social media, I'll do this one thing and it will make me busy. But we know that that doesn't work. Like It's like with treatment, when patients come in and go, oh, I've seen this person do this one thing or I brought this gadget and I thought it would work and it didn't. It never does because consistency is one of the key things that will make your clinic busy over time. It doesn't happen overnight. We all know that. It'd be lovely if it did. Like we sent out one email and our inboxes were full and our calendar was booked and we had everything we ever wanted, but we know that that doesn't happen. But the thing that will keep you busy is consistency on three main things. So the first one is your website. So um, the website at a very basic level needs to look good so when we're thinking about websites we're appealing to two people we're appealing to patients patients first and then google second so our website needs to look good it needs to look modern it needs to be speedy and secure google wants it to be speedy which means load in less than two seconds and secure so the little padlock or https at the top that that tells google that your website is secure and it will rank you better if you're speedy and secure it will down rank you if you're not and then when we're looking for patients, we're looking at, is it obvious what you do, who you are, where you are, um, and why people should choose you? Is there a map to show them where to go? And are your prices on your website? I believe your prices should be on your website. People need to know how much they're going to pay to see you because often they can't be asked to like email you and go, how much is it? Because people often do the thing, if I have to ask, it's too much. And we don't want people doing that, particularly at the moment. So have your prices. If you don't want them on your homepage, then have them really obviously in your menu, like about or clinic fees or for something like that. So it's really obvious to people where they will find that information. Or on your homepage, have a, a box that says about. So they click on that and then that goes to your opening hours, your clinic fees, things like that. So try and make it really obvious all the information and have a picture of yourself 
on there. People want to see, know who they're going to see. They want to know what you look like. Um, it's why videos work so well, why podcasts work well, because you get to hear what the person sounds like. Or if you're watching a video, see what the person sounds like. So make sure there is a recent picture of you. No one won 10 years ago if you don't look like that anymore. If you look like that, it's still perfect. But if you don't, a recent picture of you. So that when people walk through the front door, they go, oh, I'm having an appointment with, oh, her, because they know what I look like. So that's a really good things to have on your website. Secondly, I'm gonna talk about newsletters. Now, I know there's always a little bit of resistance to newsletters because it feels a bit spammy, but sending a regular email newsletter to your patients is quick, it's simple once you've got started, and it shows your expertise to patients. And you can talk about things that you treat that maybe won't be the thing that they've come in for. So if you've treated someone for back pain, they may not know that you can treat headaches. Like we know we can treat headaches, but they may not know that. So a newsletter saying top three tips to avoid headaches, really useful. And then, you know, their auntie Flo or, you know, their aunt Jemima might have um, a headache and say, oh, you can go and see this lady. She's really good. She really helped my back and she treats headaches as well. So she's going to be amazing. That's kind of word of mouth. It kind of helps the word of mouth referral. And we all know that most of our businesses are built on word of mouth referral. So it's a really useful thing to do. Um, it also encourages um, rebookings. You know, I've had several email, you know, when I send out a newsletter, often I get an email back going, oh, hi, Rosie, I've been meaning to book in for weeks. Do you have anything on Wednesday or Thursday or something? And I can say, yes, have this appointment. So it keeps that going and it keeps you top of mind so that when people are looking for a chiropractor again when their back's gone and they haven't seen you for two years they haven't got to try and remember who you are and what you do because you're in then in box every two weeks they may not you know open it every single time but it's going to show them that you're still there and particularly in times of crisis it shows patients that maybe can't see you at the moment for whatever reason that you're still there offering them advice and tips and things like that so, you know, in COVID, when people physically couldn't come and see us for a few weeks when we were shut, and when people didn't feel like they wanted to see us because they were shielding or what have you, I kept going with my newsletters every two weeks, sending out a newsletter with hints and tips, because it provides, it was my way of providing support to my patients, even if they couldn't come and see me or didn't want to come and see me at the moment. And people do appreciate and enjoy them. So it's good to do. And people often say what to put in them. Just put something that's useful. So... You know, if it's gardening time, free ways to avoid gardening injuries. If it's New Year and people are going to go back in the gym, you know, top five ways to stop yourself burning out in the gym or how to start a safe workout routine. Things like that. Just tips that you give every single day in your treatments. Just think of a couple and send them out. And you can make your newsletters interesting with GIFs and videos and links to your blogs or your social media channels if you have them. And if you don't have them, don't worry. They don't necessarily have to have those. Just keep it simple and people will open them and will enjoy them. And then finally on this kind of marketing thing, um, talking about Google reviews. So again, Google reviews are so, so important for getting patients into your clinic. They make you stand out from the crowd because if you're looking for anything, you're gonna go onto Google and put chiropractor or osteopath near me or osteopath for back pain or chiropractor for headache or what have you. And you'll see that Google My Business listings come up with the star reviews. If someone's got one star and someone else has got 50 stars, which one are you gonna choose? you know, you're probably going to choose a 50 star one and you're going to read them. So collecting those reviews is super, super important. So make sure that you start doing that. And you can either do that in person 
Um, or, I mean, I struggle to ask in person for reviews. I really, really do. So if you can't do it in person, then do it, um, you know, send out a regular uh, email just asking people. That's what we tend to do. Um, we also have Jane, which automatically asks. So we do a mixture of the two. But make sure you're getting them whichever way you do it. Um, we offer, we sort of send a little thank you, a little card and a tiny bit of chocolate just to say thank you for doing it because we appreciate people taking the effort. But you don't need to. But it's a nice touch. People like that. And it's nice to over deliver, make people feel happy. We always like that. So it's good to get into a routine of doing it. And people generally don't mind. They like it's a way, easy way that they can help. So they like that. And it's not spammy or anything like that. It's a really important way of getting other people to say that you're good. It's social proof of your brilliance. And also, if you're having a bad day, you can go back and read your reviews and see how good you are because people have said that, you know, because they wanted to, because they've appreciated how much you've helped them with their problem. So that's the free essentials done. Website, newsletters, Google reviews. Get those going. If you're doing nothing else, get those going and then worry about social media and that later. Hi, just interrupting the show to ask you a quick question. Do you ever feel overwhelmed by all the things you think you need to do to build a busy, successful clinic? What if I told you there's only three things you need to do to build the practice of your dreams? I call them the free essentials and I've created a workbook that you can download for free to help you work your way through them. Links in the show notes, so get your hands on a copy today. Now back to the show. Right, we're now going to move briefly on to in-clinic marketing. Now, I've talked about this and the magazine that we created at Total Health a few weeks ago. Um, but it's good to have things that people can take away that tell you people what you do. So if you have a clinic like mine where you have maybe many different therapists, you might want to make some sort of handout. Like we have a full-on magazine because we have quite a lot of therapists, but you may just want a, a nice sort of A4 flyer showing what people do. Or if it's just you and someone else, you could, again, just an A4 flyer showing the things that you treat, maybe a little bit of information about yourself, just so something that people can take it away and go, oh, this is interesting, and hand out to people who might... Um, might find it useful one tip that I tend to do is to try and make the paper a good quality you don't want to look at it to look like something that came through the front door you know that really thin rubbishy paper so pay a little bit more and have it on thicker paper because that will feel a bit more classy and then people will instantly think of your business as a bit more classy it's kind of um what's the word completely can't find a word you know it's all the kind of mental thing of how they associations so slightly better paper make it look classy and think about ads we have been running some ads for a while they're not working quite as well as i'd like they started off really well now they're not so good our organic so when i say organic i mean we naturally come up on google quite well for total chiropractic we spent quite a lot of time and work on a website recently to make sure that happens so we're stopping them for a while and often with marketing, you kind of need to play at it. So we've done it for three months, seen if that works, turning them off now for three months, see what differences are we still getting patients through. And if we are, then we don't need the ads. And if we aren't, we're going to need to rethink the ads. I think we won't need them, but we'll see. And I think sometimes we expect things to work out straight away when we're trying things to build our practices, when actually we need to think more kind of as trial things, trial and error to see what works. And then lastly, what if things are a bit quieter? What should you do? Well, if you do have some free time, then you could consider playing with social media if you want to. Um, social media can get you patience, but it's a lot of effort. So it's not one of the things that I start, I would suggest you do, you start with, I would do the free essentials first. You could also start planning 
I'm a big one for planning where I want my business to go, what I want my business to look like, what I want my life to look like. Because it's not all work. You've got to have some play and some social life and some family time as well. So I would plan what you want to do with your clinic, where you want it to go, and spend some time making sure those things happen. That's a good thing. And also, perhaps just have some fun. You know, if you're the boss of your clinic and you get a chance, if it's a bit quiet, to nip off home one early, you know, one day early, then go do it. We'll know that there's always busy times when you, you see patients after clinic, in your lunch hour, before clinic. You know, you're doing everything you can to see all the patients you can because they need, they need the care. So if you have the odd day when it's quiet, just make the most of it. It's like, it feels like you're bunking off from work and it's quite fun. I did it, a few, uh, I think a couple of years ago, I had like a, like bizarrely my afternoon patients cancelled. So I was like free from three o'clock and it's like, oh, I'm going to go home and watch a movie. And it was just, it was like, felt like a stolen moment and it was wonderful. I mean that, some of you might be just thinking, oh my gosh, how sad is that? But it felt, because it was like unusual, it felt so, so special. So I think if you have that kind of extra time that you don't normally have, make the most of it. You know, because we know that things are always going to get busier. And I think that's the thing. If you haven't been in practice for long, if you haven't experienced economic crises, you know, 2008, you know, Wall Street crash or whatever, then these things come round. You know, there's always times where it's super busy and times when it's quieter and most of the time quite steady. So try not to worry too much if you're going for a quieter time because the busier times will come back, but they will come back quicker if you do all the stuff that I'm talking about now, if you stay in your lane, if you focus on your clinic, don't get absorbed in the outside world any more than, you know, you need to know what's going on, but don't get waste energy on stuff you can do nothing about. Think about that sphere of control and focus on the things in your clinic that you can do. Because most of the things that I've talked about today, other than possibly the website, are more or less free. You know, if you've got to make do some sort of upkeep work to your clinic, that's going to cost money. But the newsletter is probably going to be free. Google reviews is going to be free or very little money. Website might cost a bit of money. Upkeep to clinic might cost some money if you need to do some redecorating or that. But most of this stuff is inexpensive things that you can do to keep your clinic going forwards. And um, if you heard Chris Chippendale talk for the BCA talk session we did a few weeks ago, you know, talking about being a cow or a buffalo. You know, a cow runs away from the storm and gets exhausted and worn out. A buffalo runs into the storm and comes for it quicker and stronger because they've kind of faced it head on. So think of yourself as a buffalo so that you're going to really run into this crisis. But think about keeping yourself focused on what you can do to make your clinic busier. Anyway, I've discussed quite a lot of big topics today. So as part of that, earlier in the beginning of the episode, I talked about a sort of double freebie you've got with the workbook of the um, magic number and also a podcast playlist. So if you sign up for it, then you'll get the magic workbook for free and then there'll be a podcast playlist. So every day for, I think, six or seven days, you'll get a podcast emailed to you that relates to the things that I've talked about. So when I was talking about newsletters or Google reviews and you're like, ah, I need to know more. Don't worry, you don't need to do anything. Just sign up for that and there'll be a, a podcast talking about it more winging its way to your inbox anyway if you have any questions do reach out the ways to contact me are in the show notes and i'll be back in a fortnight enjoy the rest of your day bye bye are you struggling to find patients for your clinic do you find it difficult to make patients choose your clinic over another one and do you feel like you're lost in the crowd of clinics and practitioners for patients to choose then we have a free virtual conference for you Learn from the experts in the chiropractic field to help you be the go-to clinic in your area, to attract your ideal patient and make patients choose you over any other clinic and become the most referred and recommended clinic plus a whole lot more. This virtual conference is completely free, so find out how to level up your practice by following the link in the show notes.